guys in short sports los angeles and you know what as far as podcasts go we are the real deal there the real deal i said it i called it <laughs> if you love sports in los angeles there is no reason not to be listening to this show every week heck even if you hate la sports you should take a page out of norcal cliff's playbook and listen anyway <laughs> he loves to hate us yes he does yes he does you should also give us a follow on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. All right, we got a great show lined up for you, including updates on all your in season LA teams, including the Kings. Because when Luke Robitaille calls you out, your ass better deliver. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we'll do our best to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, we'll fill our ball family news quota and take <laughs> the current temperature on LeVar with talks of the LeVar ball rule. Uh, plus, both the Dodgers and Angels have made the short list of teams that Japanese baseball prodigy Shohei Otani. Congrats. You that right? you That's close survived, enough, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah well done. <laughs> Is considering playing for. This kid better be good to have all these teams falling all over themselves to sign him. Let's jump right in, shall we, gents? Yes. I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Ben Garcia. Hoopty hoo! And Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Hey! Another one bites the dust. That's that's for and you, Jeff. Congrats on on getting engaged. Oh, I got engaged. Yes. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Standing I got ovation. Engaged. Wow. Idiot. Idiot. Good. More for everyone else, right? Well that's right. Well yeah, I did it. Congrats. Got engaged. So anyway, this is our last podcast. Sorry, you guys <laughs> oh, yeah. are not welcome the at the house anymore. The schedule has been moved. Yep. Yeah. We're turning this into a craft room. Ah! Oh, right. yeah. This is now going to be a fixer-upper recap show that's, from that's HGTV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Remember that episode that we did all on our cell phones? Get prepared, guys. That's what's going to happen. There you go. There you go. No, thank you very much. We are very happy, very excited. Congrats. Happy for you, Jim. Yeah. I'm the... I'm the last one. You're the last yes, one. You are. That's why I said yeah. another one last bites the dust. Standing. Ah, well, I'll drink. Congrats! To that. I'll yes. drink. Yes, to yes. That. I'm well looking done. forward to this new adventure. Oh yeah. Well, uh, shall we talk some sports? I suppose. Is that, yes. is that oh, what we're here? I mean, uh, <laughs> Victor Costello oh, yeah, and Darren right. Besa are not here, so you got the three of us today. What, yes. What did we, uh, What did they say? Give them a peek behind the curtain. I mean, are we supposed to say the wives might be listening? I don't think the wives listen. Yeah, the wives don't listen. listen. Yeah, oh, okay. so we we, we can tell. So, yeah. So they're at a. Oh, so you want me to, to yeah, spill yeah. the beans? I mean, Let everyone know. Yeah, fuck it. Come at me if you guys have a problem with it. <laughs> <clears throat> so they told their wives that they're potting tonight, but in reality, they just wanted to spend a little quality time alone. Yeah. yeah. Together. Alone yeah. together. Yeah. Yes, right. right. So they, they needed some them time. They some have me time. A, a room at the Super Eight here in Long Beach, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you know we know about it, but we're just kind of letting them do their thing, and we don't yeah. ask a lot of questions. Right, right. We just know they like spending time together. Hey, if, Darren, it, if, Dar it, if it recharges their batteries hey, and brings them back right. next week no. better than they were last week, then we're good to go. Darren okay. had a stressful day, and he said, "Vic, could you just get some champagne and a stat book? I just want you to whisper sweet stats <laughs> into my ear all night." <laughs> yeah. So, hey, you, you know, guys, and you do you. Yeah, absolutely. And you. You do each other. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, <laughs> you'll get a beer. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Enjoy yourselves, guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, moving on, right? Yes. Let's talk Lakers first, shall we? Oh, um, yes. Okay, before we get into the uh, the the easy go-to, which is the Ball Family Circus. <laughs> yes. Is, is he doing anything? I feel like oh, he's yeah, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I don't know what or, whether to put whatever LeVar's headlines are under the Lakers or UCLA. Well, it's, yeah. We, <laughs> well, you, you have, it goes you have, both ways. You have both <laughs> to choose from. Yeah. That's true. That guy has 
that guy has definitely helped himself get in the spotlight. I don't know what he's doing for his sons. Yeah. And we can talk about that in a minute. Yes. Let's talk Lakers. They're 8 and 15, a half game behind the Clippers for second place in the West. 0 oh, and 5 in the last five games. Um, I mean, Vic's usually the one that would spout off some stats and. <laughs> this is any the, thoughts on this yeah, team? They, I feel they, like they are where where they're supposed to be. I think yeah. they're working out the kinks. There are some questions about Luke Walton's coaching decisions earlier in the season, but I think he's just getting these guys out there and and trying to really push defense. If you watch them, you know that they're trying to push defense. They're not necessarily successful on all fronts there, but you're seeing flashes from from Kuzma, from Ball, from Ingram, who's having you know putting up some nice numbers. Brook Lopez is always you know fairly consistent for the most part. So I think we're ju- we're just watching a young team that has some talent work through the kinks. They're not going to, you know, a playoff spot is not something that we're going to be shooting for. We just want to see growth. And I think that's something that we're seeing from these young guys. And, and I read an article in the LA Times this week about Brandon Ingram and his maturation process and how his, how his numbers have, you know, really – Actually, what, what what brought it up was how he competed with Durant. I think he scored thirty two points that game. That's he, been the comparison. Since he, he came back the next the next game, and I think it was against Denver. He scored over twenty points, and so it was the first time in his career that he had scored twenty points in consecutive games. But during the article, what it was talking about wasn't his offense. It was that it, 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 he actually credited Kobe Bryant. Oh, with, I love this. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> With with sort of the maturation of his game because it was before going up against Durant, he calls him up and he's and he asks Kobe, hey, how? And he doesn't have that great of a relationship. I don't think they've ever actually met in person uh, to discuss this stuff uh, after Kobe had left the team. But uh, he calls him up and says, you know, hey, I want to pick your brain. When you watch game film, what are you looking for? How do you break it down? How do you look at your opponents? You know, where do, where do you find your edges? And Kobe. For the, for the rest of that conversation, according to Brandon Ingram said, never once did he mention offense. It was, really? he, was, he was adamant about looking at whatever the tendencies defensively of what that player he was going to go up against and was really talking about just competing. And so that's what he's been doing this season. And so he, he credits Kobe with saying, you know, like, that's what he wants to focus on. And then back to Vic's point earlier from a couple weeks ago that Luke Walton is preaching defense. And so... If these message, if this message of defense is getting through to these young guys, then you know uh, this is again to Vic's point or not to Eric to Eric's point. This season's already a throwaway, but next season I think that's where you're going to really start to see this come to fruition. And I think you you still need more pieces because the system that Luke Walton is running, you need a three point shooter, and they don't have it. They're, right, their they're, they're three point shooting is god awful. You know, we need Victor for the exact stats, but if thirty two point one percent, but if they bring in a couple of guys who can shoot the three, then this team's going to be fine. And I think the frustrating thing is watching them go take a Golden State team right. to overtime, and you say these guys can hang when they push themselves, and then they go and lose. You know, a, but that's a what happens when you get youth. It's, it's inconsistency. Yeah. You get flashes of brilliance, but you get inconsistency. You don't get it every single night. I mean, and it was it, that was the story of. Coach Kobe Bryant, his first three years, he yeah. could come out and he can just awe you with his physical ability. And then the next time, you air know, airball the, the game when he'll he airball or, or he gets, <laughs> remember he used to get stuck in the air and he didn't know whether he was going to shoot or pass. Mm-hmm. And for like three seasons, he would do it all the time. And you're like, come on, man, don't jump unless you know what you're going to do with the ball. It's just inconsistency. You need to, you need to go through those growing pains. And, you know, I always 
sort of relate everybody back to Kobe because when Kobe came in, he was 18 years old. And really prior to Kobe, my generation watching, you know, basketball every day, people weren't coming in until they were 22. So that, that window of time to adjust to the NBA game was much shorter than it is, you know, starting with Kobe. And these guys that are coming in for the Lakers all started at 19, 20 years old. And right now, I think the average age is like 21 on the Lakers. So, so it's going to take a couple years. Yeah. Speaking of Kobe, he also has an interview that's going to air on Spectrum Sportsnet where they're going to talk to him about um, some players and his thoughts on the Lakers. And he, he also mentioned Kyle Kuzma. And we've talked about Kuzma a lot on this show. Yeah, him and Kuzma yeah. are actually really yeah. close. And so and he's, really? he, he's talked about and he's been quoted from this interview saying how other GMs are kicking themselves after passing on him because of his basketball IQ and his drive and all the things that he's been doing this season. Larry Nance Jr. has been injured, so he's been filling in and that role and the fact that he has that relationship with Kobe and Kobe is taking him under his wing as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's great that Kobe is still involved oh, yeah. in the organization, taking these young guys, showing them the the Mamba mentality and yeah. really showing them what it means to win and to compete. It's, it's, it's not the X's and O's. It's the it's those intangibles that he's trying to yeah. get it's, in their heads it's with. It's funny because as Ben was uh, saying that about uh, Brandon Ingram talking to Kobe, I'm thinking, man, if only we could get him as a coach. But I think he's almost stronger yes. in yeah. this mentor capacity. Well, and they, not, as, not with the, the restrictions well, or and confines. The, and the thing is, is that you get the players that really want to learn to contact him, yeah. to make that first step. Now, if, if he's a coach, Coach, you know, then he may be pushing players actually away from the Lakers because he's going to push them out of their comfort zone. Sure. And most people will sort of go, eh, you know, I don't, I'd rather get traded than deal with Kobe. But if you yeah. get the right player with the right mentality who Selective. wants to go to Kobe and say, hey, listen, I want to be here. I want you to yeah. impress on me what you've learned over 20 years in your career. Yeah. That's the player that you want him to mentor. And from my understanding, Magic Johnson, I believe, said this in an interview. It's hard for elite players to be good coaches. Guys like Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, who've had coaching stints, they're so used to playing at such a high level that when Mm -hmm. other players aren't giving 110% in practice, they get frustrated and they they alienate those guys, just to Ben's point, and they'll drive them off a team. So it's almost like when you're that level of player, coaching is really not the role for you. And I think that's what pushed Larry Bird out finally from Mm -hmm. the Pacers. Yeah, Larry Bird's another example. You know, I mean, he actually, of all the the ex-players that... of, of, of my younger, my childhood generation that became head coaches, I think he actually did relatively well. Mm-hmm. But it was the pressure that he puts on himself mm-hmm. to make that organization better. I think that it was that just that grind every day. And it, it happened to Jerry West, too. That's why he left the Lakers, because you put that pressure. I mean, it's all about winning. It's all about not the pressure that the fans put on you or that the organization puts on you. It's the the, the pressure that you put on yourself. And that is what makes them great, but it also wears them out. And one final thought. I have a Vis- Victor Costello stat of the week. Oh. If you want to set me up, Ben. Useless yeah. stat of the week by Eric, the Portuguese hammer. Oh. <laughs> so speaking of Kyle Kuzma, he's the first rookie in NBA history to record at least 330 points, 120 rebounds, and 30 made three-pointers in the first 20 games of his career. Wow. No other player has ever done that. So it's the, amazing. the rebounds, the points, the three-pointers, he, he's, he's got all of the, the pieces. You know, the great thing about that also is that it's too soon to tell, but if Lonzo is a bust, we, we, got, we got Kuzma. Kuzma. Kuzma will be consistent. Yeah, which is great. Kuzma's going to be our Tom Brady. <laughs> or under the radar. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, the sixth round in the NFL is yeah. equivalent to the 30th yeah. pick in the NBA draft. Yeah. I, I, love I love it. the comparison. Yeah. Nicely done. All right, well... 
we do have to get our uh, quota of the ball family. <laughs> so let's just put this under UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can, we can no, transition it. We'll that's start right, with that's the right. Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, the Lakers instituted the ball, the LeVar ball rule. They didn't institute it. They okay. started Enforce enforcing that. it. Enforcing <laughs> it. Okay. Yeah. You, you read up on this. Yeah. Tell us about it, Ben. So apparently the Lakers have had a longstanding rule within the organization that after the game, there's a place where players, family, and friends can, can uh, hang out until the players have finished with their showers, interviews, and they can, can meet up with them. And the rule states that the media shall not hang out in that same location. But up to this point, that rule, even though it's been in the books, has never been enforced. And so media over the years has <laughs> kind of sat there and they've had conversations with family and friends and it's really never been a big deal. But now that you've got LeVar Ball being yeah. as big a brand and everything that he is, the Lakers, I don't, I don't want to say quietly and trying to go like under the radar, yeah. but they basically said— They can't do anything under the they radar. They said to the yeah. media, you can no longer hang out in this area. Is it Was it the Lakers that called it the LeVar Ball rule, or was that the media? That's that the called media. It that? It's oh, the okay. media that are creating it. Because I feel like even if the Lakers had called it the LeVar Ball rule, it'd, it'd be like— Whatever, like it is that, what it is. It's fine. We know, we know what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And from what 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 I've understood, my brother who went to our Lakers game recently, he sat behind Lavar Ball, and it is it's a bit of a circus because everyone's trying to everyone instead of focusing on the game that's happening on the court, people are going taking pictures of him in his seat, trying to get up to him, trying to talk to him. So it is a distraction. As much as we hope that it wouldn't be a distraction, but the guy loves the attention and he oh, yeah. loves the quote and he loves to be quoted on Twitter and on the media. He has our president talk. Talking about him, I mean, it's just this is who he is. So the Lakers are going to do their best to try to keep it to a minimum because we don't need him criticizing the team, criticizing the coach because yeah. that's when it can go south. So they're they're trying to get out in front of it before he says something he regrets, right. like he's saying so let's, about Leangelo. Let's yeah. take the current temperature because before we drafted Lonzo, we talked about whether it was going to be a detriment to the team or it was nothing to worry about. What is it? Is it? I still is think it hurting us. Is it going to be fine? Is it indifferent? Does it not matter? In in, to, in today's society, if people are talking about you, it's yeah. good. Whether it's good or it's bad, right? So even though press. even though Lamar or Lamar Lavar Ball is out and he's talking shit, mm -hmm. but you know UCLA and the Lakers everyone's are part of that him. conversation, mm -hmm. and so. The more that they talk, the better it is for the brand. That's just that's just what it is today. You know, I'm not a big fan the of the Laker it. brand or Absolutely. the big baller brand. No, I think yeah, the, the Laker, Laker brand. The I, Lakers are relevant. The, the Absolutely. Lakers are on a five game losing streak and they're still relevant partly due to what LeVar Ball is saying. Right. And, and because people want to talk about him, they want to talk about Lonzo. Every team that plays against Lonzo, I forget who the last player, I think it was was it the Jazz, someone who, yes. who made made a point to try to, you know, burn Lonzo and then, you know, out him and say he got smoked and all these different things. But they're worrying about, you know, a, a pick on a player that's not making the playoffs. And so I think this is ultimately a good thing for Lonzo because Lonzo is getting everyone's best every single night, and that's going to make him a better player. That's that's a great point because I think the, He's being the argument the that fire. a lot of people would make is that LeVar is painting a target on his son's back. But that's a good spin on it yeah. that you he want, is, he you is want putting a every player you want every player at their best. Because it's going to make Lonzo yeah. better, and and you heard Steph Curry say it Good after point, like it. after the Warriors um, played the Lakers. He said Lonzo's going to be fine. He he saw what Lonzo could do on the court, and he thinks that he's put in an impossible situation, which he is. He is yeah. when when you, when you build him up with that much hype, he, no, unless he you know floats 
uh, you know, three feet above the sky and dunks from the half court line, there's no way he's going to live up to that hype. So yep. it, it's impossible because I, I was, I'm critical of him still, but you have to remember he's still young. He still has a lot to learn and everyone is coming at him hard. Yeah. So that's going to make his job difficult. I remember a young Danny Garcia at uh, Cerritos <laughs> College playing water polo in his brother's shadow. And uh, he ended up making the uh, the Cerritos College Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh, yes, he did. Ben, were you in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Cerritos was, College. I was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, you you took you took the long walk around the block to hit him with that one. But he's wearing a UCLA jersey, so I'll allow it. Oh, I oh, how did we blast past that? I, that's Ooh. right. We can wait. Need to the... we need to paint a picture, but we'll we'll save that. Um, why don't we? Well, I suppose we should transition into the other LeVar Ball news. <laughs> yeah. A double is, dose. <laughs> yeah. Pulling his son, LiAngelo. I was going to say, before you get there, the Kardashians just recently had their- Oh, oh boy. man. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, it's going to circle back. Here we go. Yeah. The Kardashians just had their 10-year anniversary show, you know, where they sit down <laughs> with Ryan Seacrest, and they all get interviewed, and they play their favorite clips. <laughs> so, So- you know, is this a regular thing? Is this a yearly thing, or every five no, years? No, I mean, this was listen, a special event. This is the first time I've seen okay. it, so it's probably it was probably held for their ten year anniversary. But my question is this: is that everyone has made fun of, and everyone is very critical of the Kardashians, and everyone always says, "Who watches that shit?" You know, who cares? But you know what? It's still on TV. People still watch. So my question to you about Lavar Ball is this: when you have, you know, the 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 time frame of an athlete, generally 10 to 15 years for most athletes. But if you're special, you know, 15 to 20 years, do you think that people are still going to be paying attention to LeVar Ball like they are now, 15 years, 10 years from now, 15 years from no. now? No, no, it'll get old. I, well, I think people will figure out, I think we've figured out but, as a Los Angeles fan base that he's a circus act. Okay, but so, are the, but so are the Kardashians. So yeah. tell me why. Well, so, but it's, it's, but you know, you, you, you can speak to this as someone who watches the Kardashians yeah. and I, I have a wife who watches the Kardashians and I've been sucked, <laughs> sucked in on occasion. It, it's, you, you know, it's stupid. You know it's pointless. Yep. But it's still fun to watch. It's 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 popcorn. But that's it's, why it's not I'm good for you. Right. But it's still fun to talk about. It's still right. fun to talk shit about it. Right. It's it, it's it's an experience. So, so what you're so you're making the point. I'm that, making the point. He's going to keep doing this, and yeah. people are going to keep talking about him. Right. And as long as he keeps saying those silly quotes, Stephen A. Smith has enough hot air to <laughs> to scream about it. And yeah. There are going to be plenty of people who are are, are going to take him seriously. And think that he's dead serious and try to combat against us. Just like there are people, I think there are people who hate the Kardashians and think, you know, how dare they? There's talented people and their Kardashians are right. taking up space. <laughs> Why does that bother you? You know, it's, 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 it's yeah. if people want to watch it, you ain't got no fucking it. talent. You yeah. can't be on TV. So who yeah. gives a shit? I, I think, I think it'll be the best of both worlds. The people that want to get caught up in it and, we'll you know, want to be it. dramatic, they will and they'll, and they'll love it. And the people who know it's just a shtick, it's, it's just, it's just uh, like WWE yeah. or wrestling. It's just yeah, easy, easy. Oh, sorry, sorry. I think Ronda Rousey's joining the WWE, so it's getting legit. Is that right? That's what I thought. I saw an article. I didn't. You know what? I saw a headline that Save said she was the, joining. So who knows? Save it for the wrestling pod. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I can't be bad. All right. Okay. Uh, Go back to your Levar Ball Leangelo, question. Leangelo Ball, who uh, went and I think he. He robbed a bank or something in China, or <laughs> stole he stole glasses stole, from stole a bunch of stuff from like three different places or, yeah, or something like that. Stores, and yeah. and some uh, sunglasses. And... Then came back and faced the music, got suspended. I feel like all of that was 
justifiable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a normal mm-hmm. parent yep. would say, uh, yeah, you got what you deserve. Yeah. In but, fact, I think most good parents would actually take the opposite side, which is, I don't think they punished you enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd smack them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, take I, their switch out and... Uh, yeah, this is an exciting pod. We're all kind of in, in agreement here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think him being kicked off the team would have been justified. All three of those guys being kicked so, off the team. So Lavar Le- has come out and he said, you know, they're treating. He's being punished at UCLA more than they punished him in China. And he just was, you know, he didn't kill anybody. He's not doing anything bad. And I, I I see where he's coming from. Where it's not the worst thing in the world, but at the same time, he's there. Uh, you know, basically acting as an ambassador to the United States right. in China, and and he he made a fool of himself and made UCLA look bad, made the country look bad to yep. an extent, and 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 so there does need to be some accountability and some, uh, you know, some um, regret there. But yeah. he's he's doubling down and going against it, which you don't ex- that that's the Lavar Ball well, way. I think he, he's doing it, saying trying to make a, a stink paint UCLA as negative to make him make his son look better than he is because i think leangelo of the three ball brothers was likely the least talented so maybe this circus around him is going to create hype create interest and maybe this is going to you know bump his stock more than it should have because he would have been the 11th man on the bench at ucla but now in college basketball season barely started who's the only player that's being talked about in college basketball, yeah, Leangelo Ball. So, so maybe he's creating the same hype machine that he created for Lonzo, who was more talented, and now he's trying to get his son a spot in the NBA. Well, that's a storyline straight out of a Kardashian episode. <laughs> it is. I mean, really, they are the male. <laughs> honestly, they are the male so equivalent true. to the Kardashians. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you know maybe we should call it the 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 ball up keeping up with the balls the press yeah, keeping up with the we'll, re, ball. we'll, re, we'll rename <laughs> that Ballin, yeah hanging with my balls <laughs> that, that doesn't but everything that I've read about all the all the we'll NBA scouts that. have said that he is not even a fringe NBA player at this point and so my my take was that Levar Ball when he yanked him the reason was not that they had been punished. But was that they didn't know what their punishment was yet? Yeah, so it's, it's in limbo. Right. So either kick us out or do something. Exactly. So they hadn't said, you know, whether they're going to lose scholarship. They haven't said, are you going to lose the season? You know, there was some talk about being suspended for the entire regular season, but then bringing them back right before the Pac-12 championship. Because of course, UCLA is thinking, well, if we get into the tournament, we make money. So really, it was going to come down to, I think with UCLA, unless the NC2A stepped in, was going to be more of a financial decision. But the fact that they hadn't made a decision yet, that LeVar was like, well, you know what? If you aren't going to make a decision, then I'm going to make a decision for you, and I'm going to take my son out. Now, what I'm thinking is, is that when I went to college, I, I selected what school I wanted I to go to. I was going to ask you the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I selected what my... He's what, 18 years old? Yeah. I selected yeah. what my major was going to be. I selected the apartment that I was going to live in. I selected my roommates. I Listen, when you're 18, I was 20 because I transferred as a junior uh, junior college transfer a la Cerritos College that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Hall, Hall of Fame snub. <laughs> Bingo. I was fucking snubbed. <laughs> but... But the fact is, is that when you're that age, you need to start making decisions on your own. Now, granted, I wasn't an athlete that was going to go and play professional basketball or or baseball or whatever. And you oh, need, come you, on, be you, honest. You do, need, you do need to have your handlers talking to you and letting you know what to do, what 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 to do, and what what best career path to take. But there has to be some input by you, the player, about what you want. And everything that I've read was Leangelo said, "My dad knows what's best for me." And, oh, really? and Lonzo mm. doesn't speak. 
So the fact is, is, is that what I think is happening is that LeVar Ball obviously is the patriarch of that family. Everyone just falls in line and does what he does. Now, when those kids get to be at a certain age, and who knows what that age is going to be, but at some point they're going to wake up one day and they're going to say, I'm not going to take that shit anymore. I'm not a fucking kid. I am my own person and I'm going to do what I want to do. And they're going to have it out with LeVar and it's probably going to get really ugly and it's going to be in the press. You know when it's going to happen, right? I, I think it's coming soon. I think it's when a when a when a woman gets involved. You think so? Because that when when Yoko? you start, when you start dating someone, because I you mean the one that makes from, that, that's going to force us to stop yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think these guys. That's have, a good point. Which we got to hurry it up. They're, they're uh, sheltered. Yeah. They're sheltered. Their dad's dumb. making all their decisions yeah. for you. So once you know they start getting some attention. From female yep. suitors, yes. you know, then maybe they're going to get in their ear. Hey, why is your dad doing all this stuff for you? Why is it? And I think, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's though, the we're, other, we're basing this on absolutely nothing. The, yeah. But, but that could be something that triggers. Yeah. The other argument is, though, if that's the case, and yeah, LeVar is a clown and whatever, but, and if he has made all those decisions, he got his oldest son on the Lakers. He did. He yeah. spoke it into existence so we can say what we want about kids. him. But whatever he did, it worked. It worked to get him to into the extent. NBA, but here, but At a if, point. if Lonzo develops into the player that Lavar thinks he's going to be, I don't think that this big baller brand that's associated yeah, with Lavar. Yeah, but that's LeVar, all on Lon- now. It's now it's on Lonzo. Yeah, but hear me. Out. But Lavar got him onto the Lakers through Lavar's tutelage and coaching. And, you know what? And guidance. Pa- Paul and George. Paul George got drafted by another team, and he's going to be a Laker next year, just like he wanted to be. So maybe it didn't. It wouldn't have happened as fast. But any player that wants to be a Laker has the opportunity to be a Laker. But how about got in, into the NBA? I, I'm gonna I feel side, like even I'm gonna that side is with, an accomplishment. I think he would have made it to the NBA. I don't think he would have been the second pick, but he would have made it into the NBA. When I watched him in college, he was, at least with the teams that he was, that he was playing against in the Pac-12, he was the best player on the field. And, or on the court, and he didn't have to even have the ball most the of the time. effort wasn't really... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't until he played De'Aaron... Is it De'Aaron? De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, where he looked like, you know, okay, maybe he isn't the best player in college, but, you know, it's all about the talent that you play against, and, and when you look at, at the college ranks nowadays with the one-and-done situations that it is, he was he was a top-ten player regardless of whether or not his dad was advocating for but, him. But I think to Jeff's point... You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the right, like you said, wranglers and coaches, and I think his dad is setting him up for success. So I think that it's a little bit of both. You do need to have the talent, but you also need to have people putting you in the right position. And Lavar was building him up, speaking it into an existence, and, and and getting everyone all the buzz, all the hype going around him. And obviously, he's worked with his kids, you know, playing ball with the you know their their AAU team. So so he's for doing, better or he's worse. Doing you can't something. deny that. Like he's he doing is something. involved in his kids' lives. Yeah, yeah, he's doing something that's working. We may, may not like it, but he's doing Man, something. I was hoping working. not to end on a positive note with Levar. <laughs> well, we, we I think I think we could see it for what it is. I think our yeah. BS detector, we can smell. We know he's he's doing this for attention. There's there's a lot of BS, yeah. but if you weed through that, there is some substance there. Yeah, there's yeah, there's like. a guy who who's. Who knows what he he's loves As Ben would say, just like the Kardashians, I'm sure. That's but, right. Uh, whatever. He's All the right. Chris Kardashian. Moving of that family. on. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk Clippers? Yeah, let's talk Clippers. All right, Clippers. They're eight and fourteen, second in the West, uh, nine and a half behind Golden State. What do you got, Hammer? So uh, since the the Blake Griffin injury, a lot of the talk has been around tanking. 
Because if, yeah. if you're not going to... That's so if, 2016. If you're not going to make a run in the playoffs, because that's the way the NBA is set up now. Yeah. If you're not making a deep run to win the finals, then you're better off throwing your season away and trying to get a high draft pick. So with Blake Griffin out, uh, there's been talks about trading DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. And, in and, fact, and, Tristan Thompson, yeah. a Khloe Kardashian... Uh, <laughs> We would have two players on the Clippers. If Tristan came to the Clippers, we would have two players dating Kardashians. Oh, my gosh. And isn't that what we all want? It is. Yeah. Deep down don't, inside. Don't say we when you talk about the Clippers just because there's two of them dating Kardashians. I say we because it's Los Angeles. Uh, I don't like it. I still don't like it. I say we about the Rams. That uh, I like. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Fair. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think what the sad turn of events is that the Clippers... Um, had their shot, and we've we've mentioned this ad nauseum. They had their shot to take LA, and, and that shot is gone. And with Blake Griffin injured, and if they decide to go the tanking route, and they make it obvious that they're not going to, you know, try to win, then then the Clippers are going to become a bottom, a basement dweller again, and they're going to rely on their front office to make draft picks, and they're going to need to make some good decisions. But this is a process. You've seen it with the Lakers. It's going to take. Once you once you go in the tank, it takes four or five years to get out of it. So the Clippers are basically admitting and, and, and you know that they're going to take four or five years. And you still have to be lucky the, to get out of it because yeah. the Sixers have been Everything in it for has, 10 years. Yes. Where the Golden State Warriors did it for a couple of years. They got lucky. They were able to get themselves out of it. The Lakers, it's still, I think, like in up the for middle. debate yeah. whether they're, they're going to make it or not. It shows promise, but there's no guarantee. Absolutely, right? I mean, if you think, I mean, the Lakers truthfully could be one injury away from now tanking another season. And then those Paul George and LeBrons that we were talking about look at mm. the Lakers and go, I'm over it. And then, then we're right back to no free agent wants to sign with the Lakers. So, yeah, you're right. So, so there has to be... Something it's it's a couple of years and you have to be lucky. <laughs> All right, <laughs> poor Clippers. Sorry, that, was, that was that, that was wasn't a happy. So, I, I fell asleep for a second. So there. so so back to your point. If you were the Clippers, would you tank? The, the tough thing is you're, you're committed. If you have Blake Griffin, you have DeAndre Jordan. That is something that you could build on if you get some free agents and some talent around you. Yep. Now Blake Griffin, every year, gets an injury. So is this the time that maybe you start looking for other options outside of Blake Griffin? And if that's the case, then maybe trade DeAndre Jordan, let Blake Griffin let that run its course and, and start looking for other options to replace him because right now he's your franchise. So who, you need to look for another piece who's going to be your franchise player. And so maybe you start moving away from Blake Griffin because he's injury, not injury prone, but the, you know, the guy plays hey, when hard. When you get injured every yeah. year and you're out for 20 <laughs> games, I call it injury yeah. prone. Yeah. That's fair. I, I, I like Blake Griffin, but I, I think he, I don't want to say he's cursed or that he's injury prone, but I guess he is because yeah. every year he's, he manages to get an injury. And this one was a little bit of a freak injury with Austin Rivers running into him. But, you know, maybe they need to look into other options, someone I else think, to be the marquee player. I think this is sort of the Rams problem from last year. I, you know, I've always sort of a been star. a Doc Rivers advocate saying, you know, he's he won a championship. And when you win, when you win a championship, you know what you're doing. <laughs> Would you like to walk that back? I, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily take it all back, but I do think that you, like with Al Davis, Al Davis knew what he was doing for like 20 years, and then the game passed him. And so I, I think that now Doc 
It's past him. It's past him. Mm-hmm. I and, agree with and, that. And I just I don't think that he has even if he had the best players, I don't think that he has a system that can compete in this league. If, if you look at Popovich and the game that he's playing now versus the games that he played in he's the nineteen nineties, yeah, he's absolutely evolved with the times. You know, and you look at the Steve Kerr Warriors. You look at now the Luke Walton run Lakers. Nobody's running their teams the way they did five years ago. Yet the Clippers are running the, the same fucking offense that they were running with the Celtics back in 2010. Yep. So, you know, I, I, to answer my own question, I don't necessarily know <laughs> if I would tank, but I would absolutely be looking for a different coach and then see if next year you can do something better with the pieces that you've put together and then have another year to maybe potentially find, I wouldn't say the next Chris Paul, but the next serviceable point guard. Is that player going to be in the draft, though? Do you need a high draft pick to find your next? Maybe not necessarily if somebody's looking for a DeAndre Jordan that you can flip into a point guard. Because here's the thing about DeAndre Jordan. How many point guards in the league? Real quick, guys. We're still talking about the Clippers and everyone but John Marquez has tuned out. So if you could wrap this up. Okay. No, I'm done. (laughs) I'm going to finish it with saying I don't think DeAndre can get you. On on his own, he's not going to bring you the guy who's going to change your if you get the tides. If you get a desperate team at the trade deadline that needs a center to win a championship, you can get whatever you want. But who's coming? Isaiah Thomas. That's true. <laughs> well, his <laughs> hip will be better. Is, is he going to save the Clippers? <laughs> true. Point taken. Point taken. All right. You know what's funny is I thought with three of us we would power this episode out, but. Then I realized it's the two of you. It's the wrong three. Yeah, (laughs) I'll tell you. If Darren and and without Vic here to shut you down or or argue, there's uh, you just ride. Just keep going. They're too busy enjoying enjoying each other's company. But if but if they were here and we were gone, this episode would have been over. (laughs) (laughs) It had been chock full of stats, though. Absolutely, absolutely, far listenable. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with. uh, Kings, Rams, Chargers, Raiders, and uh, oh, I think something happened with USC this yeah. last week. <laughs> you wouldn't tell by looking at Ben, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, we can talk happened? about that too. <laughs> we'll be right back. Tired of being sidelined due to back pain, headaches, or sciatica? Instead of medicating the symptoms, fix the cause of the problem. Here at Garcia Chiropractic, we do a thorough evaluation of every patient. Our digital x ray analysis gets to the root of the problem and gets you back in the game. Go online to dannygarciadc.com to schedule a new patient exam. Mention Guys in Shorts, and you'll receive a complimentary 30-minute massage. Again, that's dannygarciadc.com. dannygarciadc.com. Schedule your exam today. Hi, this is Luke Robitaille from the LA Kings, and you're listening to Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles. And now that I've done this, can we make sure we have hockey every week on the show? Oh, that is never going to get old. When Luke (laughs) Robitaille says your show's name and then calls you out for not reporting enough hockey. Yeah, but still, that's not important. That is is solid. Gosh dang it. Shout out to the King's Realm for hooking that up. Hell yeah. Oh, yes. I guess we should talk some, uh, some Kings. Of course... For your King's news, you go to the King's Realm for your in-depth analysis of all things King's. They give you recaps of all the games. They dive deep. They do dive deep. I mean, hell, James, like that story, was it last week that he told? He goes out to Vegas like on a last-minute whim to go catch a game. Like That's the kind of guy that he is. I don't know that I love any of my teams as much (laughs) as he loves the King's. Right. Maybe any of them. Really, as much as he loves anything. Yeah, that that is true. When he gets his mind set. When James loves something, he... 
Loves it. That's how he met Luke Robitaille. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That, that's our boy. He's our own LeVar Ball. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, he is. He speaks everything into existence. He's, he does. He, yeah, he's LeVar Balls. And he's a talker, so he's speaking lots of stuff into existence. <laughs> Yes. So you, have, you have to know James to, yeah. to know that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll move on from that. All right. We, sh- we should mention some Kings uh, stats, though, since Luke Robitaille called us out, which Victor is uh, kind of throwing a kink in, in this plan with <laughs> so his Jeff's about rendezvous to say, hey, with Darren. Let's because do that. Let's he do was that supposed hockey. to. We were just going to throw it at him. I like that you said he's throwing kink. That's exactly what he's doing. Hey-o! Hey-o! <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Uh, they are on a six-game win streak. Hot. Go Kings. And they Go turned Kings it around. Go. They're 18-8-3. and three. They're in first place, one game ahead of the hated Golden Knights. I feel like they're hated Golden at this showers. point, right? Yeah. The Golden yeah, Showers. Yeah, they're hated. Yeah. They're in, in division rival. You hate them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's that's the extent of what I got. I literally... <laughs> Wait, didn't you used to be you the host of that show? I, I was, and Dennis... Or or the show made an awesome tweet. I was off Twitter for like a couple weeks because I was uh, off the grid in Death Valley. But they <laughs> tweeted a comparison between me and Common in that Ch- SNL sketch. That's racist. It was Chance the Rapper. <laughs> oh, Chance. <laughs> Chan- <laughs> it started with a C. Yeah, you're Chance. the neighbor. Uh, close enough. By the way, is his head cartoonishly bigger than his body? I think he, yeah, he's very thin. Okay. So his head just looks large. I wasn't sure if- The anti-Beetlejuice? Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> great skit where a dude who knows nothing about hockey has to be the commentator. Yeah, he and, was he was the basketball reporter and the hockey yeah. reporter went out on paternity leave, so he had to oh, fill in. Yeah, it was a so great good. skit. So good. I was honored to be compared to him. <laughs> I feel like it's because I'm so young and hip, but- uh, but also because yes, my lack of hockey knowledge. <laughs> so let's let's do that hockey. Do that hockey, yeah. <laughs> so go to the King's Room for all your uh, your hockey news. They they put out a great product over there. Uh, I would like to pose a question to you, Hammer, because on their episode this week, uh, James took issue with a fan wearing a throwback jersey, but it had the name of a current player. So a current player, yes, but it's a throwback jersey. So it's a a player who didn't wear that color jersey, the old purple and, mm-hmm. and gold, gold and mm-hmm. king's color. I think it was Toffoli or something yeah. jersey. Do you have your thoughts on as that? The because uniform, you are as the uniform, uniform aficionado. <laughs> I, I I agree with James here. I'm I'm in line with if if it's a jersey from a different era, you don't wear the current player. With that era. And I understand the argument from the other guys was, well, they've worn it, you know, because when they wear throwback night, Toffoli does wear that jersey on throwback night, so it's fair game. But 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 I'm with James. That when you're wearing of the era jersey, it needs to be a player of the era. And I also kind of agree with him that if you're going to wear an old player's jersey to the game, it should be someone who's, who's a legit, you know, player. You shouldn't be picking some <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So does Carl Malone count? Carl Malone does not count. No, fuck you. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Carl Malone and his rich Lakers history. But to bring it back to the Lakers, it does bug me that the throwbacks that they use are the from the Minneapolis Lakers, and it has the it says Minneapolis on the front of their throwback jerseys. I mean, I understand a throwback jersey, but when you're playing in L.A. and you have Minneapolis across your chest, it's just kind of odd. Oh yeah, yeah, odd as a throwback. It'd be like OKC okay, so wearing an old awesome. Sonic uniform. But then again, it also is just odd that you're the Los Angeles Lakers, where there are no lakes. So you know, 
There is that. You got Castaic. <laughs> you got Elsinore. Paris. Lake Paris. Silver. Yeah. You know, beautiful oh. Lake Paris. Yeah. yeah. Silverwood Lake. That's Big right. Big Bear Lake. You guys know what I'm talking about. Hey, Silver Lake? <laughs> so. There's yeah. no, is there no Silver lake, in lake Silver Lake? Yeah, there's no, there's like Echo. Park. Echo Park has like a lake in yeah. it. Isn't that where yeah. they found this dead bodies when they drained pod. it? Right. Great pod, guys. <laughs> so I agree with you, James. If you're wearing an, a throwback jersey or a jersey from a different era, it should be a player who played in that era. I don't care if it's throwback night and the current guy wears it. You wear that. But Toffoli's doing great this year, so maybe you allow it because he's having a good year. All right. You guys and your I'll fucking rules. You. Hey, you know what? If you spend $200 on a jersey, wear it. Look, that's, says, that's fair. Says the guy who says, has a Carl Malone jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Full disclosure. <laughs> and who is wearing a Bruins jersey. Oh, yes. All right, Goodness. so let's move on and let's paint talk about the, the picture elephant of what's in the room. going on yes. in this room. Ben Garcia. Yes. Uh, your college football team of choice is? USC. Okay. And you are wearing the jersey of? Josh Rosen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Who is the quarterback for? You. See. <laughs> no, you get no backup. No backup today, hey. my friend. He's, he's reaching for the phone. What the hell is this guy, going on? Ben, I love how committed he is to a bit. He walked in the door, strutting, chest yes. out. Here he yes. is. <laughs> Playing his music. He's got a UCLA jersey on. He's got a banner that he brought in. Yeah. I mean, he's really taking this seriously. Yeah. It's funny because he said, uh, yeah, I found it at a garage sale for two bucks. <laughs> and we believed it at the time because it was like, well, you know, why not believe that? But then he's like, no, I stopped by James' house before. <laughs> and of so course, James, James has the jersey and the banner and all of this stuff. And the finger. So head on, head over you. to our... <laughs> I'm going to cut him off. Head <laughs> over to our Instagram hey. page. You guys in short hey, sports. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. And there, there was mentioned last week how, how much how much crap Ben has talked about soccer. And yeah, how this is the thing that got under my skin. And I think it was just it was such a shock. I well, mean, yeah. I, I've talked to enough people where when I say that I like soccer, I've seen the looks. I, I know soccer is not universe or not loved in this country. It's not beloved. So I get it when people have issues with soccer. But Ben's been my my UC, USC guy. We've had d- done updates together. We're you know hand in hand with what we think about the team. And then he goes full yeah. Yeah. Re- wrestling heel <laughs> and just goes all yeah. in on UCLA. And he just totally hit me with a chair over the head. Uh, and, yeah, so that I one just, that one got me. That I just one got had me to good. follow up this week with something. I couldn't just let it fly or let it fall, you know. Like, and it's the hated rival <laughs> like, of all the you, teams. It'd be like if he showed up in a Giants jersey. Yeah, yeah it would be, and I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't I, put I take anything back. You. you would show up in a Giants. I feel like you would. Jersey, if yeah, the Dodgers a, yeah. pissed you off enough, and uh, I'm just, just trying to, to think. I'm trying to think of a player. Maybe if like an Oral Hershiser became the coach of of the Giants or something, I, I don't know. If I, Mike I, Sosha became manager of uh, the Angels, fuck, yeah. He- <laughs> I did consider being an Angels fan as a secondary team when Sosha came on. When uh, Sosha came on, but there was just something that was too Candyland about the fucking Angels that well, I just couldn't. I just couldn't at, handle at that, that time. That, yeah, that would that have was... been terrible if you had been an Angels fan. I, yeah, I'm so glad that you didn't. Thank oh, you. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. But no, it's, but I did. I did contact James because I was just so happy after our last podcast. <laughs> of course, about you were. how upset of course you were. You were. I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just see if he'll let me borrow oh, his, yeah. his jo- Josh Rosen jersey. Which, by the way, uh, I went to high school with a guy. 
who actually played cornerback for UCLA, and he also wore number three. So Jane, Javelin? Javelin Gidry, yeah. yeah. So so he told me, he goes, hey, he goes, that's Josh Rosen's number, but you can always say that it was Jav's number. And I was like, all right, sweet, I'll do that. But yeah. I wanted to come in and support uh, my, my second favorite college football team. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Get this guy out of here. No, why can they not be my second favorite team? Because they're UCLA. I feel and like that's like, not the the Giants couldn't be your second well, can I, can favorite I, baseball well, hold team. Hold on, can I can I tell you a little background of of why okay. it's easy for me to wear you a UCLA shirt? Give us your background, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay, when I was when I was in high school, I was a UCLA fan, and 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 I always blame and I always not blame. I always criticize people for changing allegiance. But I do believe that you have one opportunity to change an allegiance, but there has to be a good reason. And my reason was that I applied to get into UCLA, <laughs> All right. and I got denied. And I got accepted everywhere else that I, that I had gone himself. in. I see a yeah. theme. And, yep. I, and I said, you know what? Fuck you, UCLA. I'm not going to be a fan <laughs> if you don't want me to wear, to, to be uh, you know, uh, a member of your alumni to go at some point. <laughs> and to your so, tutelage. Right. So I was like, fuck you guys. I ended up going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, best fucking school in California. Got a great education, got a great job, and I never looked back. And so when I was looking for a new team, as, right, as Pete Carroll was coming in, and I thought this is the team I'm gonna I'm gonna ride, and that was it. I made the change, and I am a USC fan. But there's still a part in my heart that, <laughs> but there, there's there's uh. still there's still a piece of my heart that doesn't hope that UCLA loses until they play USC. I want them to go ten and zero, and I want them to be undefeated when they play USC, so that when USC beats them and we go to the Rose Bowl, we're legitimate. That's what I want. All right, Fair. I, to your point, I will agree. It is always better. Yes. When, when your rival is relevant. Absolutely. When, when, Look at Auburn and Alabama yes. every year. It's always exciting. And I think if, that, that, if you, UCLA and Chip Kelly turns around the program and it's either UCLA or USC every year in the South, I'm okay with that if they yeah. trade off and they're trading but, punches. But at the same time— You keep all that stuff yeah. off the record. Well, you don't openly you, root for them. Yeah, I'm not. You, you hope you they don't do well, wear but you don't. A jersey you don't ever. ask your, your your friend to wear the jersey and show up with a banner <laughs> and criticize your friend, someone <laughs> who I thought was your friend. No, you do do that when you know that you have another friend who gets really pissed off more so than when they, you would sleep with their wife. That's true. That is very true. Listen, yeah. this is sports. This is serious Just, business. Yeah. You can change your wife. You can't change your sports team. Uh, right. you oh, no, you rules. can once, but you have to be younger and you have to have a good reason. That's yeah. it. Uh, so, times. Hammer. So, as, all uh, this UCLA talk yeah. and USC is the only team who played that, this weekend. Yeah, that, that anybody uh, cares about anything happened to. Tell us what happened versus Stanford. So, so the last time you're going to hear this for a while. Go ahead. Oh, man. <laughs> Still digging. Still digging. So USC played Stanford in the Pac-12 championship game. We knew it was going to be a hard-fought game from the jump because this isn't the same Stanford team that USC beat the brakes off of earlier in the season. So we saw a close game, teams fighting hard. USC walked away victorious 31-28. So it was a very close game, very competitive. USC had a similar game plan as they had earlier in the season. They kept the run as their focus of the offense. Ronald Jones had 30 carries for 140 yards and two touchdowns. They went back to the old formula. Yeah, yeah, you just keep running the ball and run hard and try to out Stanford, Stanford, because that's what Stanford used to do to USC in the past three or four seasons. Sam Darnold 
as predicted, shined brightest when the pressure was on. He went 17 for 24, which doesn't sound impressive, but it was for 325 yards, two TDs, and most importantly, no INTs and no fumbles. He had one that was close. I'd like to know but- what yards were after the catch. <laughs> well, there, there were <laughs> yards after the catch, but you, you, you have to credit Darnold for catching. Putting the, him in those positions. No, the, I get you. And yeah, leading him where they can get. Leading him where there was open absolutely. field position do to yeah. do it. So you have to give it away to Stan, Sam Darnold when the lights shine brightest. He was there. Uh, takeaways from Stanford, Bryce Love. Man, that guy is a man. He he worked hard. The broadcasters were talking about how 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 tough he must have been because he was clearly hurt. He had a bum ankle. Yeah. And, and but that didn't stop him. He still carried the ball twenty two times, had hundred and twenty five yards, one TD, and it just makes you think. You know, if, who, if he was healthy, yeah, this it was a different been, game. This would have been a different outcome. You know, for USC. you know what I kept thinking of watching him limp was, and and, and I'm going to age myself here. Uh, it was watching Grant Hill play in the playoffs back in like 95 or 96 okay. where he was playing. And I think it was actually an ankle as well. And he played the entire playoffs. I think he was with Detroit at the time and just ruined his ankle. And, and that year he ended up leaving. And then he went to, um, I think it was a Miami team or I don't know where he went, but he signed a five-year deal and he was injured the first two years recovering from that ankle injury that he got while he was playing in the playoffs in Detroit. So, so I'm thinking to myself when Bryce Love is, is, is playing and you know, he, he plays the play and then he limps off, he takes a play or two off, comes back in. And and as you're watching this, I'm thinking to myself, granted, it's just an ankle, but if he's causing permanent damage now, that's going to affect him when he makes it into the NFL, you know, was that decision at, at worth it? Cause? That's and, heart. And, that is heart right from there. From what I understand, they mentioned before that the doctors told him that he, he couldn't really injure it further. Oh, okay. But but at the same time, you could never really say that safely because yeah. all it takes is right. to plant wrong and someone yeah. grabs you and it's already sore. He's the so, anti, uh, what was the guy last year, uh, uh, Christian uh, McCaffrey? McCaffrey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember, he didn't even want to play in a, yeah. in a bowl game because he didn't want to get protect hurt. himself. So, so, so Bryce Love, you got to give all credit to him. And yeah. thankfully for USC, he was injured. Right. They were able to contain him somewhat. Uh, last week, I also talked about how they had a freshman uh, quarterback, KJ Costello, but I, I wanted to discredit saying, well, he's a freshman. He's not. He's going to struggle. But he brought game two. He's going to be giving USC headaches for years to come uh, because he didn't slow Stanford down one bit. He was throwing darts. He was catching his receivers. His receivers were making great catches. And that's what great programs do. Stanford in the past you know, five to ten years has really put a great program together and when a player goes down, their next guy up is ready and up to the challenge. Yeah. You know, with McCaffrey going down, Bryce Love steps in, he's a Heisman candidate. They're, he had quarterback issues early on in the season, this freshman comes on and he picks up and right where they left off. So Stanford is going to be around, they're going to be contending in the North for years to come. But I just want to mention the turning point in the game Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. USC is up 21 or 24 21. Stanford has the ball on the one yard line. Yeah. And instead of, the kicking, goal line stand. instead of kicking a field goal to tie the game, yeah. they go for it. Yeah. And USC stops them at the one. And that was the turning point. And yeah. Stanford thought, well, because that, that, all the air that was. I mean, in the you could stadium. Feel Stanford ab- was turning it around. Absolutely. When that play happened, you, you said, okay. Now all SC needs to do is turn it around, and if they if they can get a touchdown out of this coming from you know a, a ninety nine yard dagger. drive, mm-hmm. 
that was going to do it. And they they had me worried a couple times that they yeah. were going to get a safety. Yeah. And then that fucking jump pass, yeah, dude, exactly. just that's, killed me. That's what I have. Yeah. I, said, I said, Stanford was banking on USC needing to go 99 yards, yeah. and that's exactly what they did. They yeah. had a 99-yard touchdown drive that included, and I'm going to call it a signature, oh, no, he didn't yeah. pass <laughs> by Sam Darnold, yeah. where he's in the end zone. You think he's not going to do it, and, of course, he finds the guy in stride to go for 40, 50 yards. Good so. thing he's not young Kobe. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, when, when the pressure <laughs> was on uh sam darnold delivered and, yeah. and stanford responded with, with a touchdown and made it close there was an onside kick and then usc again had some place to kill the game they still could have given it back to stanford but they called a play action pass on fourth down which is kind of a ballsy move but yeah because then you the stop game. the clock if yeah. you uh yeah but that iced the game yeah. and, it, and it gave usc their first pac-12 championship since 2008 although Mar- matt barkley would argue it's since 2011 but you know, oh, sanctions, sanctions. Didn't, oh, allow, there it is. didn't allow that to happen. There it so is. it's their first ever title game win and the first win for the Pac-12 South right. and a title game. So USC ending the season 11-2, and a great season. And next up for them is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic at Jerry World oh, against right. the Ohio State University on December 29th. Okay. They're going to be the underdogs in that game. Yes, Ohio State, you know, has an explosive team. They're very well coached, which USC against well-coached teams struggle, and they're going to go up against a very talented team. So the outcome might not be great for USC, but I'd like to see what they can do against someone who possibly this could have actually, been a playoff team. This, this could have actually, been a playoff team. Absolutely. I was going to say this is going to be the litmus test to see how good our coach is. Let's see if Clay Helton can compete with Urban Meyer. Because if he can compete in this game, for not and not not from a physical standpoint of the players, but yeah. from a chess X's and O's, X's sure. and O's. If he if he can call the right plays and he can get these guys up and he can get them ready, then maybe that gives some confidence that Chip Kelly won't win the Pac-12 South every year. Yeah. But I'll tell you, if they go out and they get their ass whooped, I, I'm if I'm if I am the uh, the athletic director at USC. I am looking at who his replacement's going to be next year because it was at Arizona or Arizona State just, just hired Herm uh, Edwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you look at the, Is the coaches. Kelly available? So you've got Rich Rod <laughs> over at Arizona. You Right? Is he still yes. over there? I th- yeah, I think they. he may be on the outs. But yeah, he's still there. But he's still there. Yeah. You've got Herm Edwards now at ASU. You've got uh, Washington. Uh, Mike the, Leach. No, no, Washington that's Washington State. State. Uh, uh, the, the Washington coach over from uh, Boise State. Yes, what was yes. his name? I don't have his name, but yeah, I know who you're referring but to. But if you look at the coaches that are in the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, but still. Great, great stuff. <laughs> I'm, great stuff. I'm telling you, yeah. right now, I would say that of all of the conferences, I'd say the Pac-12 is going to be the most competitive because they've got the best coaches, and it's only getting harder. And and to that point, USC finished the season ranked number eight in the college football playoff rankings. Yes, and that the argument for the Pac-12 is the argument against the Pac-12 because the teams beat each other up. Yes, so every team had at least two losses, so they didn't have someone who was in contention for the playoff. So you have two teams from the SEC. You have Alabama who played Mercer. You know, might as well play Cerritos College. They had Mercer, yeah. and then they have <laughs> yeah. a fucking bye week, yeah. and, and then they State. yeah, yeah, yeah. The SEC is top heavy, and they get two teams. So yep. so. That's why Ohio State could have been a team to sneak into the playoff. Yeah. So you're going to get to see if USC, you know, the Pac-12 champion, can compete with a college football team. And and 
going back and we always go back to the Pete Carroll days and what happened, the glory days. And when he had four weeks to prepare for a bowl game, you, you he, didn't worry. He, yeah. Yep. He, he came with the right game plan. Absolutely. So I agree with what Ben is saying with four weeks to prep and all the game film on Ohio state. If Clay Helton could show, go to toe to toe with him, then that's going to make you feel real good about what USC can do next season yeah. with all the weapons that they have coming back. Cause they were very young this year. And, and one of the things that Ohio state is lacking to me is, is a serviceable quarterback. They've had. I mean, this guy is now is his fourth. It's his fourth year. Yeah, is it JT Barrett? Still JT Barrett. He, he was. He was. He was. Rel- he was their starter, and then he got hurt, and then they had the uh, backup come in and actually win the national championship yeah. for him. <laughs> and it almost seems like when he's not their quarterback, they're a better team. But he's just. He's still there, and he's you know usually better than the rookie coming in. He's got so, that USC kryptonite. The the option. Right, you know, with the legs, quarterback right. with the legs is USC's. He, he is, but uh, but I think that USC, when you look at you know the the most important position, I think that Sam Darnold heads and tails is above mm-hmm. JT Barrett. So when you when you take that talent level of both teams and you look at the most important position, I'd say that USC was you know ready to win this game. But uh, it goes back to coaching, and I think in college it's even more important than it is in the NFL. And right now, I would trust Urban Meyer in that game, and that's why I'm leaning more towards Ohio State. Obviously, mm-hmm. I would be happy if if USC wins, but I mean, maybe I am protecting myself, but I don't think <laughs> that course. that's going to happen. I'm not yeah. going to protect myself. USC has four weeks. The defense defense is going to come in well rested. Sam Darnold's going to do Sam Darnold things in a bowl game. Yeah, they're going to pull the upset and beat, Love it. beat hey, Penn Ohio State, State. Penn State had them beat last year yep. until all of a sudden, like this. What five minute yeah. rant comes in football, and they end up scoring like three Jesus, touchdowns or something? Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> if Darnold can do that again, then we'll win. I, I hope. Hammer, I'm happy that uh, after the Galaxy season, after the U.S. men's national team, <laughs> don't, that, don't bring it up. That finally one of your teams is kicking some butt, won a championship. Things yeah. are on the upswing. Hammer's on the upswing. Oh, absolutely. that's what I always like to see. Congratulations. I, thank you. So <laughs> Ben's not doing his job. I do have a UCLA update. Oh, oh, oh dude, really? <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. I got some theme music to All go right. with that. Well, we don't need the theme music. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, gonna I'm just going to let you guys talk. I'm this gonna... will be an epic, <laughs> epic podcast. So, UCLA is bull eligible, just barely, six and six. <laughs> Cut it off with the theme music. <laughs> if I have to hear that song one more time, I will eat your phone. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a knee during, during the UCLA. <laughs> Go ahead, just give the update with the music. Go ahead. I refuse to give the update to the music. <laughs> Silent protest. All right, I'll turn it off. I want to hear this update. So, just just barely, UCLA is bowl you know eligible. What? He's becoming a UCLA fan. <laughs> I am I'm, not. I'm just saying. Why talk about him? Why he keep bringing talk him up? Talk about it pretty passionately. I'd say that he uh, gave a little more love to Stanford in his. Uh, USC Stanford. Stanford I just have there. to give you have, you to, have give to give credit, credit where to the credit's good, due. The good opponent. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like there was an extra twinkle in your eye when you were talking about <laughs> about him. Bryce Love. Yeah. It's just because his name is Love. Let's get back to UCLA. <laughs> Go ahead. So UCLA bowl eligible, just barely. They're going to play Kansas State in the Cactus Bowl at Chase Field, which is home of the Diamondbacks. So UCLA has done so well that they get to play on a baseball field oh. for their bowl game the day after Christmas. It's going to be. Uh, Possibly, you know, it's not confirmed. Could be Josh Rosen's swan song. It's not going to be, and he may come back. He he may not. So he looks to be. I think he moved to number one on Mel Kiper's uh, QB rankings. So they look to end their season on a high note with a winning season and transition into the Chip Kelly era. And speaking of, I've already seen a Chip Kelly 
UCLA t-shirt. So it's officially on. Oh, man. At, at Disneyland, I saw- Was, was so, Ben wearing it? He was not wearing it. Oh. It was uh, in UCLA- I'm going to go on Amazon tonight and go buy one. Yeah, it was a uh, UCLA, you know, blue and gold, and it, instead, it was the same font as UCLA, but it said chip. So that shows that people are already there. And I, yeah, I think at Disneyland, oddly enough, you get a- an idea and a good gauge of what sports teams oh, are, yeah, are popular. Because back in 2013, when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, you saw Seahawks jerseys everywhere. Now you see Golden State Warriors jerseys everywhere. And so the fact that now UCLA shirts are starting to pop up, you know, people are excited about the program again. So Chip Kelly, man, it's the era will be starting soon, and we'll see if Josh Rosen, what he does, could hinge on what UCLA Eric, does. Eric, $100 right now. Who wins the Pac 12 South? Me and you. I'll take UCLA. Do, do I it. get the field or do I have to take USC? You have to take USC. I'll take USC. And then a push is push is, is no, no, no no pay. No pay. All right. I'll take that. Oh, yes. They're <laughs> shaking hands. Oh, I love it. It's been way too long since we had a bet going. <laughs> In one season, Chip Kelly's going to turn it around. Uh, you know, I think watching that USC-UCLA game, they've got some talent. They just, they're just not putting it together the right way. Yeah. And and I think that when they're Chip, the Rams of last year under yeah, Jeff Fisher, I, I, I truthfully think that that's what you're going to see. I you're like coaching, coaching, that's okay. You know, <laughs> and I and I kept giving Vic shit about Jeff Fisher. Like he's not that bad. He's a good coach. It's obvious now that he was Clearly. a terrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so I think, but I and I and I thought Mora was a decent coach, but no. I, I'm, he's no Chip Kelly. He proved yeah. he, Jim Mora proved that he he was not no. a great coach. Absolutely, yeah, he was not a great coach. As long as we're talking Rams, let's organically move oh, on. Nice transition. To the Rams. Oh, my gosh. Another great victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Moving on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 32 to 16. We are now 9 and 3. A winning season. A winning season. Our first winning season since 2000 something or Victor, other. Victor has that stat. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Listen right. next week yeah, to Jared find it. Out. <laughs> yeah. They're they're spooning right now at the <laughs> Motel 6. They are uh, of course first in the NFC West, one game ahead of Seattle. Yeah, who Seattle just won't, won't go, go away. away. Yeah, they yeah. won't die. They're a good and team. They're they're a good team. They turned it around and I'm a little a little Upset that they beat Philly last week because now Philly's going to come in <laughs> even more charged up, uh, ready to win, and because uh, that's what we got next. Philly coming to the Coliseum. That's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, this is going to be a huge game. Yeah. Aren't they leading their division by several games? Because, I mean, the Cowboys are shitty, the Giants are shitty, and oh, yeah. uh, who's the other team in their division? The Redskins. Yeah. Yeah, but w w with their record, they want to go in as a number one or a number two seed. Get that, get that first round by. Yeah, but I'm, I'm it, almost thinking that you, you just want to stay healthy. Well, you always want to stay so, healthy. So, you know, but they're not gonna, they're not gonna chalk up a loss in order to stay healthy. They're gonna try to win this game. Yeah. I think they're gonna bring everything. I think a, a, Jeff is right. A team, a good team after a loss is a dangerous thing. And so you're gonna see a Philly team who is coming off a tough loss, and they're gonna want to. Prove themselves that they're they're you know what were they nine and one going into last week? Or nine yeah. and they're nine and one really. I think they were nine and one. No, they're or ten and one. They're ten. They're ten and two right now. Ten and two right okay. now. So they were ten and one going into last week, yeah. and they want to prove to people that that wasn't a fluke. That they're they're still the real deal. Yeah. And so I think you're it's gonna you're gonna get a tough a tough Eagles team. And and especially when you're a team like that going up uh, against the team like the Rams, then you may see it's a team you want to beat. You want to yeah. beat this team. You may see them again. So you. Well, now I'm going to flip-flop. You don't write flop. this game off. 
I'm going to flip-flop because maybe you don't show all your cards yeah. against a team that you may see in the playoffs. That's what I'm thinking, that you don't do that and you don't, you like you 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 play but you don't expo- you don't expose your players. You, you you play call so that you don't you don't get anybody hurt and you don't show all your cards. Well, I'd be fine with that. Look at that. I flipped Mc, hey, Mc, Mc, 20, 22 <laughs> seconds. McVay's going to show all of his shit. You watch. So uh, so are you uh, Ben wearing an SC jersey or Ben wearing a Bruins jersey on this, Hammer? Which uh, which flip-flop are you? Well, I'm not that bad. I, I, I just I talked myself into, with the Eagles looking ahead, that that could – they it's, it's, it's possible poss- that they, they don't show all their cards. I but I think yeah. to – and, and to agree with Ben again, McVeigh has has put it all on the line every single every week. Game. Yeah, so he he's going to go for it. Again oh yeah, this week, no so, question. And I the, think Philly will too. And I think the this NFC, is going to be a tough fought game in the NFC right now. So Philly is ten and two. You guys are nine and three. The Saints are eight and four. Uh, they may be nine and three also. They, okay, so I was I was going to say even if Philly lost this game, they they haven't pushed themselves out of contention for a first round bye. You know, and so, and I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like, but you know, they might not play their their best game. Yeah, they, you know, especially since it's not the Sunday night fucking whatever you <laughs> were looking for. Right. Yeah, Eagles are ten and two. The the second place team is the Cowboys at six and six. Yeah, and, so their division's the already wrapped. Their up. Their division is is wrapped up. It's going to be a great game, no matter what. Get out there to the to the Coliseum. We will be there, Darren and I. Representing on the South Lawn before the game. Are you guys still flying the guy in short the guy in shorts flag when you guys go to those things? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you know the name of the show. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I'm like four beers deep. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh yeah, we're out there on the South Lawn. Nice, flying the flag. Nice. Um, for the rest of your Rams news, you go to the Rams house. Whose house? Rams, Rams house. Oh, I love it. Oh. Gosh dang it! I'm I'm pumped for this game. This is gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one. I think- D- Darren's getting rammed right now. Oh, oh. Ram, just ram it. <laughs> uh, moving on, we should also mention uh, the San Diego Chargers. They're going to the Browns. What? They are going to win the AFC West, which is That's unbelievable. Nuts. They were what? Owen oh oh 4? Yeah. Owen oh 4. Oh 4. Yeah. I think They've they're sitting at 7 and 6 right now, right? The last 8, I think it yeah. is. Uh, they are, no, they're 6 and 6. Oh, 6 and 6. Tied, okay. tied with you, yeah. with the Raiders and Chiefs. Kansas Chiefs. City. Yeah. Uh, for first, and the Raiders are a fucking fraud. So at six and six, leading the division, they will not win this division. Yeah, I mean, and the Chiefs, they even look worse than the Raiders. They imploded. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, I don't know what happened. So there. I think the Chiefs, because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs play the Raiders this week you, you in the, yep. in Arrowhead. So I predict the Chiefs to win that because okay. because the Raiders beat them in Oakland. So the, traditionally they split the season series. So then then that would give. The Kansas City Chiefs, a one-game lead on the Raiders. But neither of those teams is winning to play this division. Both of them are just in a spiral. Even though the Raiders have won, I think, three of their last four games, they've been against shitty teams, and they've almost found ways to lose every one of those games, including this last week against the Giants, which they needed a last-minute touchdown to win the game. Against Geno fucking Smith. <laughs> against against Geno Smith. Against not Eli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even think of his name. That's why I called him not Eli. But yeah. I mean, this Raider team is terrible. And and I'll tell you, the, the Chargers, if you just take away those first four games, which I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if that maybe it was no, adjustment those, to Los Angeles because they had just moved their families and they weren't feeling right or whatever it is. Several of playing, those games they're playing good ball. Way. Several, yeah, several of those games could have gone either way. Either absolutely. So at this point, right now, I think that they are the best team in the AFC West. 
Wow. Yeah, they lost to the Broncos by three, the Dolphins by two, and the Eagles by two. And then they lost to the Chiefs 24-10. So each of the two two or three points in each of those games, a field goal, uh, an interception. And one of them. Eagles, yeah. that's a, and the Eagles that's a are, solid to lose to those yeah. guys by two. That's practically a win. Yeah, and I think one of the games they missed a field goal or they couldn't get the field goal off at the end of the game. So, no, I right now, that the AF, going into this season, I thought the AFC West was going to be the best con, or the best uh, league division, division in, in football. They are the absolute worst. <laughs> wow. It's going to be one of those, someone has to win it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, we, uh, who was it? Uh, it was the Saints one year. They they made it in at like seven and nine. Yeah. Well, the NFC West used to be like that. Yeah. Then and the Niners and Right. And and Seahawks, but then they yeah. came in, you know what? And it was the Saints team, I think, that beat the the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs. That, that was year. the beast mode run. Yes, yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And and so but uh, but I'll tell you right now that whoever wins this division is gonna be nine and seven at best. <laughs> I think that's wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said at wow. best. Yeah. It's gonna probably be eight <laughs> and eight. An eight and eight team. Yeah. Wow. That's bad. Good times. Your Good Los Angeles times. Chargers. Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you what, that's that's great. It's going to be Chargers great Rams in the fucking football. Super Bowl. You watch. <laughs> if that <laughs> happens, how, how great would that be? That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd go to uh, Minnesota. I would too. Would you? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to ask the fiance, but yeah. <laughs> Someone would have to buy me oh, tickets. If the Rams <laughs> went to the Super Bowl. That'd be great. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I buy right, we are jersey. so far over time. Oh, only three of us. I can't believe you two chatty Cathy's go on so long. <laughs> Before we go, though, we should mention um, Shohai Otani. We need to be quick here, though, Bless right? Bless you. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the Japanese kid who is... The hottest. He's the Babe Ruth of Japan. Apparently, yeah. he could walk on water. Yeah. Yeah, he could do no wrong. Apparently. Um, Pitches, so he, he So uh, I want to get this straight. He put out a questionnaire yeah. to the baseball, to, to all MLB teams, right. that they returned to him, and he picked yes. a list of the teams that he would meet with. Right. Is that is that a normal thing? It, it is in this situation. When you're hot, yeah. Well, if a hot chick at the bar send out uh, a questionnaire, who's interested? She gets her pick of the litter. That's wow. right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Right. And and to even, even complicate so things. So the Angels and Dodgers made that list. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So even to complicate things a little bit more, he's an international player. So the Major League Baseball Players Union has negotiated with management and with the Players Union on what salaries can be offered to international players when they come into the major leagues. Now, the contract that has – it's already actually been completed. So right now, there's there, nobody knows what the costs are going to be. But last year, in order to sign an international player, wh- whatever team signed him has to pay his Japanese team $20 million for the rights to him. Oh, Just wow. to get him. Just to get him. But because Shohei is only 22 years old, he is limited to making only $3 million a season – on his own coming in. Now, if he were over 25, then I believe that he could assign whatever deal he can get. But because he's younger, he can't do that. So really, he's actually exposing himself to um, really getting himself out of the money. Because if he comes in at 22 years old, signs for $3 million, and then it, and realizes that within a year or two, he's not major league material, nobody's going to re-sign him to a big deal. So it's a risk on his end. He, If he were smart, I think he would have stayed in Japan 
for those three more years, waited to turn 25, and then came over like Dice K did and signed a $155 million deal. But he's not doing that. That's not so, the LeVar Ball way. So what it, what it tells me, though, is that he believes in his game and, and that he's going to come and over and, talking about and him he now. thinks that he yeah. can do it. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, t- to your point, I think the reason why he was wanting to choose a West Coast team and not choose the Yankees and Red Sox, which traditionally will pay the most money, in this case, money doesn't matter. So he wants yeah. to play where it's easier for his family to come in and visit. And so I think that's why he's chose the West Coast teams. The Giants, I think, is one of the teams. Padres, Giants, Dodgers, Angels, Mariners, Seattle. Rangers, and, and Cubs. Cubs was the only was it the Cubs? non-West. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah, Seattle and, and uh, the Angels, actually, they got money from Minnesota so they could offer him yeah. more money. So so it's it's going to be interesting. And I think... As much as you would want him on the Dodgers as a Dodger I don't. fan, I don't. I, I think he makes more sense for an AL team because yeah. you could I want pitch him, to go him the and then use him as a DH. Yeah, and I think the Angels that seems like a good fit. Well, and so yeah. and, and so here's the thing: I read an article in the LA Times, and I don't remember who wrote the article, but one of the things that he wants to do is he wants to pitch, and he also wants to get four to five hundred at bats. And so the the point that was made in the article was: what happens if he's a Dodger? And he's pitching, and he pitches well, but he's batting two oh two, and he's hit twelve home runs in August. Can they? And they're in a playoff hunt or a playoff race, and they're down a couple of games. Can they afford to leave him in the lineup when they've got somebody behind him that can hit, you know, with more power, or can hit for a better average and make them a better team? And so he's sort of looking for. At least the way they made it sound in the article was that he's looking for a team that isn't going to be making the playoffs. Because he wants to showcase his ability and also have the luxury of if Getting he doesn't really do very well, he still is going to get the repetition. So that's why, at least in the article, they were leaning towards the San Diego Padres. And then the other team that they were leaning to were the Angels because you guys have no playoff aspirations. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? It's true. I think you bring in an ace and then with Mike Trout, I think that... We that, were that, in the wild card that, that right put, up until the end. Puts you in the hunt. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely, it was a this joke. Guy, I'm just trying to make Jeff feel there. good. He, he just Thank got engaged. Got to make him smile. Don't, don't. His life's gonna go downhill. Don't patronize this. me. Yeah, <laughs> dare you? Play the Bruins theme song again. Ah, come on, I'm out of here. <laughs> Headphones off. All right. Wait, what about Gian? Uh, 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 Giancarlo Stanton. Yes. artist. I yeah. I can. What's, you what's know what? The latest. On I him. can't pronounce his name. Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton. No, I, I just want to just uh, – so Vic and I, we were talking through text messages this week. Does and Darren know? You know what? I, he does now. All right. Yikes. But, Yikes. <laughs> but Vic actually, he said, you know, on the podcast last week, I was all about bringing him in, making the lineup better, winning championships. But uh, he did some more research, and I, I was actually looking at the same information. I was looking at his batting average. I was looking at his home run output. And then I looked at the contract that he just signed. Now, I didn't realize that the contract hasn't even started yet. So when you, oh, look, wow. when you look at what he was making, I think like two years ago, he was making $6 million. The year before that, he was making nine. Last season, he made $14.5 million. And then this year, it starts, and I think it's a 10-year deal for $325 million. He starts making $25, $25 million this year, and it's like, it, it ramps up to thirty real quick, and then it's like thirty-three million every year for the remainder. And he doesn't have a buyout clause until that tenth year. And so, even though he's twenty-eight years old, that contract is going to be around until he's thirty-eight, right? So then you start thinking, well, I mean, how old was Pujols when you guys signed him? Now here we go. Pujols was thirty-two, 
So I think that it gives uh, Giancarlo... You get a bigger window in a prime. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think that it, the first six years of that contract is going to pay, you know, pay off. But those last four years are going to be terrible. And so what you don't want to do... As, as a Dodger, and I think this is where the St. Louis Cardinals are really good, is they're, they're willing to get rid of their players a year early rather than a year late, right? So that's why they let your boy go when they did, because he still had two full good seasons after that. But they said, you know what? If that's what you want as a tenure deal, Albert Pujols, then you go sign with whatever team will pay you. And that's why they have been relevant for you know over a decade. And I think that when you start falling in love with these contracts – you're going to get yourself into problems. And, you know, luckily with, with uh, Clayton Kershaw, who signed an eight- or nine-year deal, he has been relatively healthy up to these last two seasons. But, I mean, he's still, I think, two or three years away from this contract ending, and he's had back issues the last two years, so you really don't know what you're going to get year to year. So it, it, I think Vic and I were both on the same page that it looks really appetizing up front, but I just I don't know if I would be willing to take that risk. I, I understand that you're you're hobbling yourself, but the argument against it is if a team is going to waste, not waste money, but if a team has money to spend, the Dodgers is one of those teams. So if they're going to shell out $20, 30000000 million a year and they're going to get six years of production from him, then then I think it's worth it. And with a, a, a fan base who has been starved of a World Series for you know 20 plus years or almost 20 years, right? What was, what was it? 88? 88. So almost 20 years. Um, almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. Sorry, excuse me, 28 yeah. years. We'll wow. edit that in post. Wow. Uh, um, so almost 30 years without a World Series. If he gets you a World Series next season yeah. and then hobbles you five years after that, look how happy the Angels fans are with their 2001 uh, World Series. They're still riding high after that. <laughs> So I that's think that's true. <laughs> I think if you, if you if you if you get a, a I love a, that you just did an Angels dig. <laughs> if you get a World Series because of him in the next two or three years, I, I think you're happy to pay him when he's over the hill and he's hit the slump because he got you what you wanted, yeah. and and that's what happens once you win the big one. Yes, you'd like to be relevant and go after and win multiples, but it's really about winning one, winning one, and then in that window and being happy. I think with or, or, you, or you become a Clipper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't want to get so close right. and then just sniff it and never close the deal. I think if Vic was here, he'd say you don't need him to win one. You you don't. You don't. Yeah. But but I think the argument that we were making last last week is if he comes, you you could start engraving the rings. And yeah. so I think if he comes, it's re they're really hard. Just to like do. the Lakers did when they signed Carl Malone. <laughs> That's where you run into right, the problem. Hey if, if Carl won it, would you win? Would you wear that jersey to a, a throwback no. jersey? No, <laughs> even if he he's a role player in his when he, he was, was not a role player he, when he was fifty nine years old he brought it I agree he still <laughs> Peyton, had it Peyton still was a role it. model that year a role model Carl uh, a role is, player Carl Malone was not human the the all right all right guys <laughs> listen to our Carl Malone podcast this is what this is what happens Jeff when you get us started the second half forty three minutes guys forty three minutes <laughs> we'll keep it short. I want to point out that Ben, every week, comes in here and says, all right, half an hour, guys. Let's get down to a half an hour for this show. It's we Eric. couldn't even finish We couldn't even you finish to play either the half of fight the show song. in a half an hour. We earned it. You, <laughs> we did. Great job, gentlemen. Uh, I, I applaud hey, both of you. Hey, and while you're potting, why don't you guys check out the uh, the, the King's Realm? They're a great uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, uh, and while you're checking out uh, the other ones, check out... Uh, the Rams house. Yeah, for all your, your Rams news. Um, Hopefully. We should also mention FanDuel before we go. Oh, yes. I FanDuel kicked me off. I wasn't able to log in, and I couldn't remember my password. Oh. 
Well, that's too bad. So, I guess we'll never know who won. Yeah. Moving on. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't win. We should mention, though, because okay. the winner was... Mr. Jason Gallo. Oh, well Holy done. shit. Congratulations. Oh, He's always in the cellar. He won? I know. He yeah. won. I no, need to send him a text really message. Did it. Yeah. Yeah. So congrats to Jason Gallo. Good job, buddy. All right. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA and on Instagram at Guys in Shorts Sports. We're also on Facebook and Reddit. All the others. Uh, you can get us at guysinshorts.com where our store is up. And you can also leave a voicemail for us at 562-450-3356. And as always, please share the show with all your friends. Review it on Apple Podcasts, and you can also subscribe there. All right, we got to go. For Ben Garcia and Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week. Ah!